Hello, welcome back to the Man Overball podcast. Today we've got a kind of conspiracy episode around some Disney conspiracy theories. It's been a while since we've done an episode like this. We did one how many months ago now? Probably like four or five months in the summer. Been a while. Been yeah. a little while since you had to do a little bit of research, you know, do a bit of uh, Googling, feeling like a little fucking 14-year-old on the internet again. Finding Going all back. those little YouTube videos with the clickbait thumbnails with the red circle. What is this? I'm not going to sleep tonight if I watch Star Wars because I'm going to think I've seen some Illuminati content yeah, after all right. this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've got some really fun ones, but do you want to kick it off with whichever one? Yeah, which so I think, I think a really good one and probably... One of the most commonly known, or at least most seen to be real conspiracy theory, even though I, I very much doubt it is, is the fact that uh, Walt Disney himself uh, chirogenically fucking froze himself. And oh, yeah. So, I, so, I after he, so after he died, um, people are suspecting that he froze himself so that in the future, once a cure has been found or some kind of, you know, medicine is able to heal him or let him live forever he can be brought back to life and um it can continue living and that's the i mean that's the crux of it that's what it comes down to uh and i remember it always being like i think the simpsons has made a reference to it mm -hmm. and you know there's lots of different pop culture and like it's all about media and um i don't really know where the theory came from other than the fact that he was very interested in science and you know technology back when he was around but um, apparently, like, cryo-freezing wasn't really um, a technology that was available to the common man when Walt Disney died. Mm. But that doesn't mean to say that Mr. Rich, big money box, doesn't have, you know, some way of getting himself frozen. I certainly wouldn't say he was the common man. If anyone had the money to <laughs> yeah. do it, it was him. I feel like that's probably the most that's the most well-known Disney podcast, podcast, Disney conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Disney podcast, apparently. Yeah. No, but I, I kind of read up on this one as well. And I saw that, so Walt Disney died of lung cancer, I think it was, right. uh, back in like 1966. Mm -hmm. And what happened was from the reading I did, he went to the doctors because he had like neck and back pain. Uh, and then they found out that he had lung cancer. And then he passed away a few weeks later. So right. as you mentioned, I know that this like freezing, uh, what was it called? Cryo... Yeah, I yeah, don't, don't want to get cry, it wrong. It's cryogenically frozen. I think I've always, I said it wrong the first time that I said it. I, I heard myself say it, but it's cryogenically frozen. Yeah, cryogenically saying. frozen. Yeah. So that technology had come about like not long before from the reading I did. And as I said, if anyone's going to have access to it, it's him. But if it, I mean, it's never been proven even to this day that it'd have any kind of positive effect on humans. If you're freezing, or, or yourself, if it's if it's even possible, like yeah. never mind it being a positive effect, whether you could actually unfreeze somebody. Yeah, you might be able to freeze them, just leave them there for a while. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, there was um, Honey, I Shrank the Kids. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah, just came out in 1989, and um, essentially there's a there's like a cryogenic freezing plot amongst that movie, and people kind of point towards that as kind of a hint to say he did mm. do it. But that's what 23 years later, and you know, I feel like entirely unrelated to him yeah. himself at that point so. it must be one thing that i found really interesting when looking into this was uh, a lot of people had speculated that the movie frozen 
was actually called Frozen so that when people were like searching for anything related to like Disney and, and Frozen, that's the thing that had come up. And that had actually, mm-hmm. well, that's like, for, like Google searches and stuff, unless you're actually going to search Walt Disney Frozen, mm-hmm. then that's all that'll come up now. Well, well even, even if you search Walt Disney Frozen, it would still be the Walt yeah. Disney Company. It's the same, you know what I mean? It would all, all roads lead to the movie now. And that, yeah, that was something that I saw as well that kind of makes you think, ah, oh, could yeah. they have done that? Do you think they've really done that? And, you know, there's arguments for and against, but I mean, me personally, I don't think he is frozen. No, I don't. I know his family have come out since as well uh, and said that he was cremated a few days after his death. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, imagine if they come out and went, no, he's actually in a tube back home <laughs> in a cellar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're waiting to send him off into space once we've got the uh, technology for it. Yeah, but like, Im- imagine if one day when we're older, they kind of have this technology and it's actually working, like they can genuinely like freeze people and know they can bring them back to life. It's like something you'd see on a sci-fi film. Well, it's like uh, Futurama. I've not seen much of Futurama. Not seen you know? Futurama. I've seen bits of it, but... So essentially, a guy, uh, Fry, from is in the year 2001, I think it is. Mm. Uh, no, he's in the year 1999, that's it, and it's just going to the millennium, uh, and then he's delivering a pizza to a cryogenic like uh, station where they're freezing people. It's like jokey. And then he falls into one of the freezers, and then it freezes him in there for a thousand years, and then he wakes up in the year 3000. Uh, so it's a, pretty, it's a pretty cool concept, but it's... It's a lot of, like, there is a lot of references to it in pop culture, like um, uh, Captain America. Is that what happens As well, it's the same kind of thing, isn't it, where he was back in whenever it was. And then oh, right, yeah, and then woke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's that kind of vibes where it's, like, just the passing of time. So it's kind of, if you were, imagine if you were just frozen now, and then the second you opened your eyes, it was the year 3023. Every right. time you say year 3000, the busted song just yeah, comes you know, into every my head. Time. Which is weird. You know about that song? If you ask any American who sung that song, what do you think their answer would be? Guy off Futurama. Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Jonas Brothers. Really? Yeah, because they did a cover of it. And ah. that was the version that got big in America. So they know that song. Mm. But whenever I've heard anybody singing it and you go, always oh, like the busted. And they'll be like, no, it's... Jonas Brothers. I think it's Jonas Brothers. It's some other yeah. artist. And I was like, no, that's fucking busted. Yeah. busted <laughs> yeah, how dare you? So one question on the cryogenic freezing. Would you do it? Like, imagine you got told you were going to die in like two weeks, but we can freeze you and you can be bring, brought back to life whenever they find a cure. Let's say it's going to be in like 300 years. Would you do it? I was having this debate earlier and I was thinking, like, your family aren't going to be there. Your friends aren't going to be there. But I would quite like to see the future Probably as well. not. Actually, I'd like to see the future, but it'd be very gimmicky and you would literally lose everything that you had. Like, literally everything. Is you not losing your life actually losing everything? Like, I would rather just do that in the hope that I can get brought back to life healthily. But what, but what if, what if, so let's say there's a guarantee that you will come back, right? So they say they can bring you back healthy. Mm. But what's to say in 300 years that there is anything to come back to? Like, what if you're in a tube that's just, like, they forget about it and the world crumbles or whatever, and you're in a tube underground somewhere, and then 300 years later it just goes, ping, and your door just swings open, and you're now in this fucking wasteland of an earth with nothing about, what would you do then? I'm there in 300 years. They've still not found a cure for my disease. Are you fucking kidding me? There's, like, a big nuclear war going on, so they're like, well, we best unfreeze him. I come back, I'm like, well, I'm going to die in three weeks anyway. Or <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get Why have them. you done this? Yeah, let me go back to sleep, Will. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I would do it. Oh, I'd still risk it, me. Do you think? Yeah, would I you would. Do it? I'd love to see what was going on in like a couple of hundred years. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. I think it's basically. It's kind of like I don't know what odds it is, but I'd say it's almost like a death sentence to do that. 
Because you are essentially killing yourself to everybody that you know. I know, but you were going to die anyway. This is what I'm saying. You were going to die in like two weeks, so I may as well. I suppose it. so. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you're adding that into it, then yeah. If you weren't though, and they said we could do it where you could oh, no. freeze yourself, would you not do it if you were completely fine? No, if I was fine, I wouldn't do it at all. Like unless I was going to die. Okay, so knew. I was, I was thinking as oh. if I wasn't going to. Yeah, okay. No, no, if no. I were going to die, then yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, you, you have to at that point. It's yeah. worth. It's worth the the odds of getting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, people survive the illnesses where it says they're going to take two to three weeks to die, but also. Why not? Why not try it? I'd rather roll them dice at that point. That would be scary, though. That would be real scary. And it's kind of got me on to the next one, right? So this is only... It's not really like a conspiracy as such. It's a little bit of a conspiracy, but more a Disneyland story. Mm-hmm. So there's a ride at Disney World called Tower of Terror. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I went on that when I went there, and it probably, in my opinion, is the best ride at Disney. Um, okay. Or at least at Holly- I only went to Hollywood Studios and like the actual like Disney World with the castle and stuff. I didn't go to like Epcot and the other ones. Mm-hmm. But out of all the rides I went on, that one was top tier, you know, like proper good. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of a dark side to this ride. So back in the day, a long time ago now, I think it was some. I think it was in like the seventies or eighties. 80s, an employee that was working on the ride, so it was I don't know what they were doing. Probably doing some like animatronics or just like pressing go and start. Um, actually had a heart attack and passed away whilst working. So imagine you're on the ride. <laughs> imagine you're on the ride and they just have to stop it. And it's like a it's a horror ride as well. That'd be one of the worst places to die. Yeah, and then you have to say sorry, guys. We have to stop it because somebody's actually died. Sorry. You'd be like, is this, <laughs> surely they're not going to make this up at Disney. Yeah, you'd yeah. be like, is this part of the experience? And they actually weren't. So yeah, the employee died in the building, and then from that point on platform D, there's been lots of employees and visitors to the ride that have claimed to like hear noises or hear scary things or see figures and stuff. Don't need none of that. Yeah. Don't need none of that. Would you work on that platform? No. I wouldn't work on that right. I wouldn't work at fucking Disney, mate. So <laughs> wouldn't you? I wouldn't No way, would you? If they were paying enough. Nah, nah. So the thing is with Disney is you always have to have a smile on your face. They won't you, you know, you're like legally obligated to be friendly and to have a smile and to greet everybody and mm. be really happy and that just seems like I would have to get paid a lot of money to do that. And I can guarantee the people that are cutting about just janitors and shit, yeah, they they're not getting paid big bucks, are they? So. 100%. But, like, with this story, I was thinking, it's a cool story and stuff, but it is on a horror ride. So the whole point of it and the whole building is designed to be scary. Mm-hmm. So if you're in there and you know that, like, one of your employee friends or even just like someone that you've heard like spooky stories about if they've died then you're instantly going to be more afraid when you're walking around there yeah there's already shadows and weird noises and weird like animatronics and figures and stuff going around Uh, yeah i just wouldn't i just stay far away from it i wouldn't even go on the ride never mind never i know i would yeah you've you've got to go well i went on it um did you go to the one in california no i went to the florida yeah, Florida. Yeah, that's one. the one I went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good in it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I much preferred Universal to Disney, to be fair. Oh yeah, yeah, but I think it's because Universal's aimed at yeah. older people, whereas Disney's a bit more childlike. But Although, if I was to go back, I think I would be just as excited for Disney, just because they've got all the Star Wars stuff now, and they've got like the life-size True. Millennium Falcon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Star Wars is my favorite set of films and TV shows and stuff, so I'd be so gassed to see that. Well, what what really confuses me is the fact that Universal has the Simpsons zone now, but Disney technically own it. Oh, do they? Well, it's on Disney+. Oh, yeah, Plus. it's on Disney+. Plus. They own Fox. 
And Fox owns, Fox made The Simpsons. You think they're going to so, try to take it away from well, Universal? Well, it's, it, I think it is being closed down at Universal, The Simpsons oh. Zone. But I don't know if they would then open... They'd have to open one in... Di- I don't know if it's past the point where they say it's really not popular enough anymore. But Is it not, though? It is. It's still, still really popular. It is still pretty, like, reasonably popular. So, But I don't know if it's popular enough to warrant them having... Because they wouldn't have, like, a Bob's Burgers... You know what I mean, kind of thing. So I don't know if it's still at that ginormous level of popularity. So. I think it'd be a good idea for like adults that are taking the kids. Uh, yeah. They'll all know Simpsons and be big fans. So that'll be the one where they go, oh yeah, I'd love to go on the Simpsons <laughs> ride. Whereas when you would thought when I was talking about it last time, it's twice as it's come up now. The Simpsons at the fucking Universal. When you were thinking I was excited just because there was Simpsons characters walking around. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It I know, you're no, a I know huge yeah. Fan. I'm hoping but I was waiting for you to pull out like a Simpsons um conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is not. Th- there's loads of Simpsons. Stuff well, yeah, of course we there is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with the Simpsons conspiracies, yeah. But Simpsons relating to Disney, not so much, unfortunately. Not yet. Maybe in a few years. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll find out that Homer Simpson's secretly part of the Illuminati. You never know. Um, something that ties into your death stories, though, is mm. what's known as the Disney curse. I don't know if you came across this. So this is just basically kind of a generalized term that is banded across any kind of, you know, bad happenings at Disney World mm-hmm. or anything that happens to the employees or anything. And like, uh, to do with his family as well. So the theory proposes that the curse began with the death of Walt Disney in 1966 and has continued to affect the company and its employees to this day. Um, so proponents of the theory point to a series of unfortunate events and tragedies associated with the company and its employees, including accidents, injuries, and deaths. Some of these incidents include the death of a young boy who was killed on a Disneyland railroad in 1964, the fatal accident of a Disneyland cast member who was performing in the America Sings attraction in 1974, and a deadly monorail collision at Disney World in 2009. I do somewhat remember that one. I remember that being quite big news mm. that a monorail had crashed at Disney World, and you kind of think, how, how does a monorail crash in the first place? Because aren't they on separate tracks? Yeah, so why strange. was there two going at each other? And it, I don't know. I don't know all the details around mm. it, but mm. I imagine it was bizarre. But they also reckon that uh, this Disney curse applies to uh, other people, and it's affected the personal lives of those associated with the company. So, for example, Walt Disney's son-in-law, Ron Miller, was fired from his position as CEO in 1984, which apparently is part of the Disney curse. Uh, and his daughter, uh, Diane Disney Miller, what a crazy name, uh, died of complications from a fall in 2013. So while the idea of a curse may seem far-fetched, there is no denying that the Disney company has experienced its fair share of unfortunate incidents over the years. But I personally think that any company of that size and that, you know, that that massive amount of employees across the world, there's bound to be some weird shit that happens and people that die and people that get injured. And if you're going to get millions of people coming to your park every year as well, Somebody's going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was literally about to say, when you've got millions of people coming and there's hundreds and hundreds of staff members across the world at different points, obviously some things are going to go wrong. Like, people just die. Like, that Mm -hmm. happens at every workplace. And I'd imagine working near roller coasters and stuff is actually pretty dangerous as well. Yeah, right. And and there's all sorts of things in the park that could very easily go wrong. Mm. And, like, it's also the fact that it applies to visitors as well kind of makes you think, well, millions of people... Yeah, somebody's going to die. So Yeah, I saw one thing when researching all this, uh, kind of ties in with that. 
And it was saying how Disney do a really good and kind of eerily good job of covering anything that does go wrong at the park up. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, a lot of the deaths there, and especially like the monorail one and stuff, they'd be very hard to cover up. But I do think it's a bit strange how the people were saying that they purposely make sure people aren't pronounced dead on the scene so that Mm -hmm. they get taken to like hospital or off of Disneyland and then they're pronounced dead so that it's technically not a death on Disney premises. Yeah. So it doesn't tarnish the name. Yeah, there's lots of uh, little weird things that Disney Mm. do to kind of keep it as the happiest place on earth because it's the old adage of like if you lose a balloon, if a kid loses a balloon or you drop your ice cream or somebody knocks a drink out of your hand, if you go back to the stall and say... You know, just oh, I lost my. Bl- say any of those things, you just get a free one. They just give you a straight oh. up replacement. Because Is that true? Apparently so, because they don't want you to be upset. And it's kind of like I think it's more so like if it's the person recognizes you and you went back and said, "Can I have another drink?" Somebody just knocked it out of my hand. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, no worries," kind of thing. That's but it's kind of it kind of feels like it's um, you know how Amazon works with its customer service, mm. where it's basically yeah, you can have a refund. Of course you can. Please just shop with us again. And you will. So their refund process is super easy to get a refund on because they know that the amount of money they're going to lose on that refund is not worth trying to get you to send it back to process it all through and all this stuff. They'd rather just say, here's your money back. So it feels like it's kind of one of those with Disney where it's like it's cheaper for them and it's more profitable for them to give somebody a free drink Mm. every day or whatever than it is to upset somebody and make them pay $10 for a drink and they can't get another one and just they're not coming back and they get put off Disney and then they lose that customer and over the lifetime they would have spent a thousand more dollars. And you know what I mean? It's actually so it's, really smart. Isn't it? It's crazy. It's very bizarre. Like, They've built up a proper good reputation as like probably top three holiday destinations for most people. Like I think especially when I you think tie... I'd, I'd say like top... It's the top, is it not? Well, I'd tie Universal in with it is the problem. Like most people see like Florida, and then they'll go to all the parks, not just Disney. But, but do you know a lot th- of people like as a kid, like the thing that everybody wants to do, Disneyland, Disney. Mm. It's just, it's just always fucking Disneyland. And it is the thing as well when you hear it and you're like, oh, I took my kids to Disneyland. Yeah, oh my god, I wish. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I wish I could go to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, right. So it is. The, I think that is like. I think they've managed to make themselves number one because even Disneyland Paris, Disney World in Florida, and there's another there's one Disney. in Tokyo as well. Yeah, there I is, think. and one in California. Yeah, there's the the California one's more of like a movie studio. I thought one, it I was like a smaller one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think it's based as much on uh, well, roller coasters. Universal's technically studios, isn't it? The one yeah. in Florida. Yeah, that's the same kind of thing. Oh, I love Universal. Just, yeah, it's talk, so good. It's I could just so talk good. about all my uh, all my all my favorite rides and stuff there, but let's move on to a different one. Mm-hmm. Doing the research, I found this the creepiest. Okay. Um, not for any particular reason, just because it's like, it's a fact. It's not a conspiracy, but there's some conspiracies behind it. Right, right. So at three of the Disney parks uh, across the world, I think it was like California, Paris, and uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, there's a club called Club 33. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Club 33 is an exclusive hidden club uh, located at three Disney World parks, and there's a really heavy fee for joining the club. So you have to put like an initial payment down of between twenty five thousand and a hundred thousand dollars, which is unbelievable. Imagine how much you have to love Disney to do that. Uh, and then on top of that, you have to pay an estimated. This wasn't confirmed. An estimated twelve thousand dollars a month on top just for a subscription, just fee. to stay part of this like club. 
Uh, currently, there's around a 15-year waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, so it must be really popular. I don't know who who's going. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they've got like secret tunnels. Anyway, we'll, we'll get we'll get onto that. I don't uh-huh. want to get ahead of myself. Uh-huh. Uh, so there was a member uh, who posted a lot of uh, photos on Instagram. They had an Instagram account where they were uh, showing pictures of like bars and areas and some of the like antiques and stuff that were in there. Doing my research, I couldn't find the account anymore. Uh, and on one of the articles I was reading, there was a link to the account. When you click through, it said no longer available. Right. So I would assume that that's been taken down. And not only that, but that person's probably been kicked out of the club. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the California Park, it's the only place there that serves alcohol. So oh, right. that's a pretty big perk for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also serve like gourmet food. A lot of the clubs have a jazz bar there as well, or a jazz lounge, as they like to call it. That's meant to be like the hot spot. So apparently people will purposely go out their way to become a member of this club so that they can go to this jazz lounge because it's meant to be like world-renowned. That's where all the famous jazz musicians go yeah. in. Uh, there's lots of vintage and limited edition Disney stuff all around, as you can imagine, old mm-hmm. Mickey Mouses. I even saw like one of the pictures that someone had screenshotted from the Instagram account was an old elevator that used to be in Disney when it was first built, which is pretty crazy that they've That's kept hold of that. scary, that though, but, isn't it? Like, I'm trying to give a bit of context to it. I would imagine that a lot of these people maybe aren't even particularly just huge Disney fans. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just people who are really rich well, it will and be. want to kind of have a, a, an area in the park where they can go and not be spotted. Uh, there's also a lot of rumours that people who are part of this club are given access to secret uh, like tunnels and stuff or ways around the parks so they can get onto rides without having to deal with any like normal people that aren't members of this club mm-hmm. which to me is absolutely mental like I, I appreciate celebrities as celebrities but it's even weird to me that there is those paths and potential tunnels around disney world well there's there's loads of areas and like bits and bops like behind the scenes that you can't get to and mm. um you're not allowed to like take pictures anywhere and when we went on our vip tour of disney um, there's areas where you can't take pictures. They say, right, when we're walking through here, you're not allowed to take any pictures. You mm. can't, if you do, you can't post them anywhere. If you post them anywhere, you can get done for it because it, they don't want you breaking the illusion of uh, what's going on there. So yeah. if you can see behind like the buildings that aren't real buildings, it's just the front of a building kind of thing or something like that. They don't want you to post pictures and show you an area of Disney that isn't beautiful and mm. like well like looked after and, you know, as nice as it can be. Um, so I can totally believe that there are tunnels and ways around that, you know, aren't available to the common person. Um, but whether it be tunnels underground, I think it's more so just stuff behind the scenes. Cause I bet there's thousands of ways to get around the between bits that you wouldn't even think was a path that goes like you go down an alleyway next to a shop and then behind that there's a whole like section that connects yeah. everything up and just little bits like that. It's I think that's more realistic, like where stuff's fenced off in between rides. Yeah. Along yeah. those lines, people can get behind and go. Because to be honest, imagine if you were like Robert Downey Jr. and you wanted to go on a ride and you were just going in <laughs> on a general Disney. Ticket, that'd <laughs> yeah. be impossible. But I also just think it's creepy that it's like a whole club. Mm-hmm. Like I would yeah. think if you were a celebrity yeah. and you wanted, I need to make sure not to... If if you're a celebrity and you wanted to go around Disney, you'd think they'd just make special allowances and make sure that you were looked after, maybe had security and had access to the paths, but without particularly having to join some exclusive club. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts like a bit of a dark shadow on it for me. And it's been around for years, like decades. Spooky. 
what type of person is going there on a regular basis? And has it got a 15-year waiting list? A 15-year waiting list. And maybe I would appreciate, like, people might join for a month or two, but it's, like, between 25 and 100 grand to join. And then, plus the I can't imagine fee. it'll be a month or two. They'll be on that for life. I know, point. but exactly. Who wants to go to Disney that much where they're probably going to pay, like, a million over 10 years to just go... But it's part of being part of an exclusive club, isn't it? That's what yeah. it's more like. It's kind of kind of feels kind of like Freemasonry, kind of a bit yeah. like paying to be a part of something secret because it's not the the club thirty three isn't a secret club. It's known mm. yeah. like people, it's on the like, Disney website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's known as a thing. It's just what happens behind the doors that's the, the secret behind it. So and again, the fact that photos are banned, videos are banned. No members other than ones really come out and spoke about it. It always amazes me that that's the case with things like this. You think somebody somewhere would have come up with something. But then also the other side of that, you start to think, well, maybe there isn't anything if nobody's come out. I also think whoever's in there has paid at least minimum 30 grand to be in there. Who's paying 30 grand to get like a picture or a video to post it online? Like if it was like a tenner, me and you would go and video yeah, it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Have a little yeah. camera in the pocket. Yeah, but it, it costs that much that I'd imagine only people who are genuinely interested in being a part of this club and having those perks actually join. I think, I think though more so is if there was something sussy going on, that somebody would have whistle blown by now because mm. it that's not a lot of money to rich people, if True. you know what I mean. True. So if somebody was like, yeah, this is fucked up, somebody would have said something by now, I think. Maybe it's also because if there's such a long waiting list, no new people have probably been able to join much in the last like 10 years. So it might just be the same old people and their families. Maybe. They've been going they're for going, years and yeah, years yeah. and they're not going to break the secret. I don't know, but I don't like it. It's, <laughs> it I don't like. I don't like anything that has a secret. Just nothing needs to be a secret organization. And the fact that there's one at Disney across the globe, it's kind of it's doesn't Defo sit right. Illuminati headquarters, right? Doesn't there. sit right, does it? Um, I've got a a, a couple of other theories. Yeah, um, go for it. I've got a uh, Disney jail theory. I don't know if you heard about this one. Um, so Disney, essentially, they are their own. I don't know if you know about Disney World in Florida. Mm. Where it is, it's it's essentially its own city. It's its right. own. It's known as its own like st state almost. They're allowed to. They can create schools there. They can create jails. They've got their own police. They could technically have an army if they wanted to. They wow. could. They've got all these rights. So Disney, Walt Disney, bought a load of land because he couldn't do what he wanted to do, and like he couldn't do with his employees what he wanted to do. This, that, and the other. So he ended up buying a load of land, and that's what Epcot was mm. and has become is basically like Disney is its own city, so they've got their own police force, they've got their own this, that, and the other, okay. which then lends into the theory that if they've got a police force and they've got all this protection and the security that you see around the park, there's guaranteed one in every thousand people to be a dickhead. Somebody's going to be doing something illegal or somebody's going to be doing something disruptive. So it makes sense that within Disney, somewhere in the grounds, that they would have a jail mm. to put... Disrupted and you know if unruly got police, people. Then they must have somewhere to store people. Should an issue happen, right? So, so people have been um, taken away and uh, put into places before, like when the, when Disney police do come. There's been reports of that, but there's been no massive reports of a Disney jail of sorts. Mm. Um, but I just think it's just a funny concept that somewhere tucked away, there's a there's a little man in like striped, like like the old like prison outfit just behind a pair of bars at yeah. Disney World, like Mickey Mouse poking him with a stick or something. That's what happens <laughs> if you try to break, break into the Club 33. Yeah, and, yeah, and then you go to Disney Jail. Um, but there's there's all sorts of just theories around it being 
you know, um, a possibility that it exists. Mm. And I personally don't even think it's that crazy of a conspiracy because I can totally see there being... It wouldn't be a Disney-themed jail. I don't no. think the key locks have got all Mickey Mouse ears on. They're laughing you know, in the corner. Yeah, that's how I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. It'll Surely it'll just be like, you know, a holding cell. Yeah. It'll just be an area where, you know, people that are pissed up or people that are just being a dickhead, you get in there for a little bit, you calm down, and then either that or it's where they hold them while they wait for actual Orlando authorities to come mm. and take them away or something. Yeah, I think that there definitely will be one, like, uh, undoubtedly, especially when they've got the Simpsons stuff there and the people are running around with the Duff beer getting wrecked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, no, but <laughs> stuff will go wrong there all the time. It only makes sense, as you said, if they've got their own like police force and they'll have even their own security for a place of that size. I would expect it to have some kind of. Jail. It's insane how big it really is when you think about it. Oh man! Like you don't think about how big it is when you're going around it, and then. When you really start to think about all the entrances and when you were leaving and all the people you could see, you know when you know when it's closing at night mm. and everybody's going to the exit and it's just a sea of like thousands upon thousands of people and you're just like, whoa, this is fucking weird. And the fact that you're in Florida, so it's already really warm and like it is a very nice place. I can't lie, I just it. where it's situated it, it for it, for, a, for a tourist, fantastic. But I could not live in Florida. No. There's no chance you could, you couldn't pay me money. Then to again, live Florida's Florida. that big. You wouldn't particularly have to live near Disney. It's probably bigger than England, isn't it? Well, I mean, like, I mean, just the general climate. I don't think oh, I could live in Florida. Oh, yeah, I sticky. think it's yeah, it's sticky, yeah. It wasn't nice. And there's alligators everywhere. But it was weird because I could wear. I wore like a a jacket hoodie unzipped, but I could wear that the whole time because it wasn't like England hot. It mm. was kind of like on an evening. It was like cool hot. Whereas, like, over here, I feel like I couldn't wear extra. Do you layers. know what I always was, feel like that is personally. Whenever I go on holiday somewhere hot, I always. First, I'm more prepared for it. Like, I'm just mentally, I know that it's going to be warm, mm-hmm. so it never feels as bad. Mm-hmm. Also, everywhere has aircon, like especially in a, in Florida, in America, yes. every building you go in. So whenever you go inside somewhere, you you get cool for half an hour while you're eating or whatever. Then you might be in the heat for an hour again, and then there's pools. You might jump in a pool for a bit and mm-hmm. cool down. I feel like there's that many different things there to make sure you're not overheating that you end up being all right. But then, like when you end up going into these air conditioned places, like if you're going in there somewhere for a meal and you're sat in there for an hour, you end up fucking freezing. You, yeah. <laughs> Got, yeah, isn't it? So it goes the other way. I've got one last Disney conspiracy theory. I've got loads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you still you yeah. go for some more yeah, after this on, one. This one um, is actually a pretty dark one, uh, a more serious one than any of the others. And it's not even Ooh. particularly a conspiracy. It's more of an accusation. So for anyone listening, it's an accusation. It's not particularly true. Um, <laughs> but there is some facts behind it. So Allegedly. A lot of people believe that Walt Disney was an anti-Semite. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Disney, please don't assume me. You can have my mic, it's fine. Um, But yeah, so a lot of people believe that Walt Disney was an anti-Semite. It's been widespread for years and years. Loads of people have reported on it. Uh, There was a family guy skit about it at one point, so obviously the mainstream kind of media have taken the piss out of it a little bit. Um, And apparently comments were made by Meryl Steep, um, Streep even uh, about it about him being an anti-Semite or Disney as a company being uh, it may seem a little bit far-fetched but there's a few kind of weird points around it so Disney had an association with a very openly anti-Semitic company called the Motion Picture Alliance uh, and this was in like the 1940s so it was while World War Two was going on as well which obviously 
people didn't know the extent of it then, but they knew that some things were going on at that point. Yeah, so a lot of people have said, although Walt himself may not have been anti-Semitic for working with this company because they were quite a large company, uh, he was winnerly and even enthusiastically embracing their viewpoints by working with them, like providing them work and money and even employing people from that company. Um, Another point, uh, I've not personally seen this, but I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can find it. There was a scene in the original Three Little Pigs where the wolf was portrayed as a Jewish peddler. Uh, So obviously portraying Jewish people in a negative light. And that was while Walt was still around as well, that that Mm -hmm. originally came out. And they know it was bad because from that point, they've then kind of reissued the film uh, and reanimated it so that that's no longer a part of it. Mm -hmm. So definitely a touchy one. self-admission there. Yeah, Yeah. if Disney now have gone back and changed it, it's 100% like not a positive light. But the one that I find the weirdest and that I think kind of paints this as as, as a more realistic accusation is... A month after, and I want to say this right, it's called Kristallnacht, I think it is. Uh, it was a day in Germany where uh, there was a lot of problems between the like new Nazi government and Jewish people, and 91 Jews were killed. So it was kind of like the start of a lot of negativity going on there. It's a really well-known day. Uh, Walt Disney personally welcomed the Nazi director, Lenny Reifenschall, into his studios. Like That happened, and then a month later, Walt Disney was welcoming him into the studios and giving him a tour and going round with him, which to me is is really like bad, like mm-hmm. really puts a proper light on that accusation. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there's also the fact that they made a lot of propaganda for World War Two as well. I don't know if you saw that. No, I haven't like seen there's that. there's like a Disney animations that are kind of just related to the war and like war efforts and mm. it some could view it as propaganda and kind of being pro this and anti that and that kind of stuff also kind of plays into that side. But what I um, have seen that that being portrayed as, so it can be seen as, you know, anti-Semitism and uh, him going, you know, down that route. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people say that that kind of ties into him being related to the Illuminati as well. Oh. Um, and how him, you know, introducing these things and having, uh, you know, an input into the war and the world war and this, that, and the other is all signs that Walt Disney was part of the Illuminati. And they kind of used, he used like brainwashing techniques in his uh, media to, to propagate this. And that's why their parks do this, that, and the other. But then that also then also ties into another theory <laughs> that Going goes right on the, to the back of that, which is the Disney mind control. Um, so in the same way that. Um, it's kind of moving away from the anti-Semitism and more moving towards his, uh, you know, putting subliminal messages into the, uh, like, movies that they created and onto the covers of VHSs and such, like, on the cover of the Little Mermaid VHS, there's a bit of the um, castle. There's a golden castle in the background. It looks like a a very phallic object. Basically, it looks like a giant dildo is stuck in the background on, on one of these pillars. But... Realistically, probably just an artist just pissing about and didn't actually mean for it to look like a dick. Yeah. But it does look like a dick. But there's lots of like pointy things on there anyway, so it's kind of, you know, whatever. There's a scene in The Lion King where, um, I don't know who it is, it's Simba or someone lies down on the floor and a big dust cloud puffs up from underneath them. Um, and when it does so, 
uh, there's like a frame where if you pause it, you can spell the word sex in the dust cloud that's in the sky. So these are the kind of, these are the little ones that I was talking about before that when you're, you know, when you're like a little 13, 14 year old on YouTube, these are the ones where it's like, what did that say? And there's like, there's a bit in Aladdin where uh, Jasmine is uh, coming upstairs and Aladdin's outside playing with the cat and it sounds like he's saying something to do with take off your clothes or something like that. And it's just, it, he's not at all saying that, but if you listen to it with the subtitles, it's kind of like that green needle yeah. and that brainstorm one. Uh, it's just, it's it, paradalia, I think it's called, where you're searching for, you know, it's, I know exactly you, know, what you, mean. you know what it is? <laughs> it's lizard brain. Again, oh, no. there we go. Not it's like the fourth episode brain, in a row now. But it is, that's lizard brain. That paradalia is that kind of, you know, you're looking for, Little bits here and there, so seeing sex. But it's like how all your cloud. senses link up, like hearing something and read, like visualizing it at the same time makes such a big difference, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, people have obviously heard that you're saying take off your clothes before seeing it with subtitles, mm. and then when they actually tell you what the subtitles is, it's supposed to be something to do with this tiger that he's playing with. He says, "Go, go away now," or something is what he actually says. And when you'd see that, you go, yeah, that's definitely what he's saying. But all these YouTube videos going, I don't know about you, but I don't hear that at all. I hear, take off your clothes. <laughs> it's like, Looking straight mm. into the camera. I'm not sure about you, but he definitely said that. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, there's so many films that there's obviously going to be these things. And there's and there's, there's little like bits where you can think that it's just the animators that were having a bit of fun mm. and uh, just stuff like that. Um, so... There's a lot of hidden symbols in their content and stuff that people believe influences the behavior of the viewers and, oh, it's going to change how they feel about stuff. Um, but one thing that came out that actually happened isn't really a theory, it's just an interesting thing, was in January of 1999, um, Disney had to recall 3.4 million copies of The Rescuers on VHS because an animator had secretly inserted an inappropriate photo of a naked woman into two frames of the film. And it's, if, if you actually see it, what's happening is The Rescuers... Uh, do you know about The Rescuers? No, I don't. It's basically like a bunch of like mice and rats. It's an old animated movie from, like uh, I'd imagine, well, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's it's as you would imagine uh, a 90s Disney animated movie, kind of like the Robin Hood one, and it's that kind of animation style, and it's just a bunch of rats and birds and mice all rescuing th- each other, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where they're riding down a hill on like a sled, and in the background there's just like a cityscape going past, and it's like apartment windows, and for a split, like honestly, it's like it's literally two frames. There's a window, and it's just a woman stood up with her arms in the air, just just pure, just bare-chested, just straight-up tits in a Disney movie, and they had to recall 3.4 million copies of the VHS. I bet they were so upset. Right? Because also, do you think it's even possible for them to figure out who it was that actually did that? No, there'll be so many people working on the film. And back then, I can't imagine it was, you know, like how GitHub would work, where it would say, this person did this animation. It would have just all been... Yeah. Because it's all film and tape and stuff. People so would have just been paid to just come in and sort it. it out. I'll tell you what, it's like Easter eggs in a Disney movie. It is. Like all these, it's like literal something you'd find in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like they've been tucking them away to kind of get... It wouldn't surprise me, though, them. if some of them were purposely... like Obviously, the, the naked woman was purposely put in there. But like some of the other ones, maybe with like the, the dust cloud saying sex... If you were an animator and you were really bored, you might just think, I wonder if I can sneak that For in. For one frame. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you, most and then, people wouldn't know. Yeah, and then, and then you've got plausible deniability that when somebody comes out and does say that says sex, you go, no, it doesn't. 
Because <laughs> it's so, you know, if you make it subtle enough, then you can just kind of go, that's not what I was doing at all. And if you ever got in trouble for it, you go, I didn't. That wasn't, I didn't mean for it to look like how that. How would I have even done that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how well, I wouldn't think of doing how that. How wouldn't you notice that if it's so obvious? <laughs> yeah, ain't it? Yeah, Mr. YouTuber <laughs> with the red outline, having to draw it in so you can see it. Because without that red outline, you've got no idea what you're looking at. Because they'll play the clip and they go, there, did you see it? Let me play it again. Let me do it in slow-mo now. And you still don't see it. And they go, let me draw it for you. And then they do a freeze frame where they write it out on it. And you go, oh, now I can oh, see it. Oh, now I get you. Yeah. yeah, now I get you. Thanks for that, yeah. But um, some uh, conspiracy theorists claim that Disney's theme parks are also designed to manipulate the minds of the visitors. So, for example, they um, point to kind of like music and lighting uh, in certain areas in the color of like, uh, the lighting and the atmosphere to give a certain feel to people mm. and it's a fact that they use smells and scents to spray out to make people either hungry or to make people happy they, they put out scents of like flowers to make people feel like nice and floral and then if they're walking through an area where there's food for sale they put out like the smell of fresh bread even though there is no fresh bread being baked to put into people's minds Oh, I could do with some food. Like it's just so subtle, and that. But that's a fact that like, that that is a known it's thing. Kind of smart to be it honest. It is super that one smart. doesn't surprise me. Like it's no. a fact though. Hundred percent, they do that. What the 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 smells? Yeah, I couldn't say it's a hundred percent fact, but I'm pretty certain it's okay. a known thing because so many people like it's a like, yeah. It's it like a trick that people. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that out of the question that one. Uh, but some have suggested that the layout of the parks is intended to create like specific psychological effects on mm. the visitors uh, and then like inducing feelings of happiness and wonder. And some people say even submissiveness. And I think, what are they, what are, What do they need the submissions for? Aren't they, haven't they already paid fucking $1,000 to get, I think that's submissive enough at that point. They're paying to see Walt for they're, us yeah, and on Walt like Han Solo. <laughs> they should have him at the front. You know that little statue of him in Disney? Oh my God, what if that statue of him and Mickey at the front of Disney World is where he's frozen? He's inside there, frozen. That's him, that's him frozen in the cement with the real um, Mickey Mouse, with the original Mickey Mouse. Not the one they get to play him in movies like the now. The actual mouse? The one from back then. He's holding hands with. I've not, I've not seen it. Well, there's been like seven Mickey Mouse actors now, haven't oh, there? Because they I get just... a different mouse each time because he was genetically made in a lab. That's how they, that's how they made him back in the day. It was to do with his cryo freezing. They were doing these I, was, I, thought, I, was, I was like going along with so it then. It ties into like how his relationships were with the Nazi Germans, and you know how they had all these crazy scientists. <laughs> so they were working towards creating a hybrid mouse human, and Mickey Mouse is what was formed from that. I always take you too seriously. <laughs> like, I'm because we're doing because we're doing an episode. I'm like, right, it must be this, must be part of it. <laughs> yeah, and no. I'm like, it gets further and further. I'm thinking, there's no That's the first way. time that I've actually gone off and tried to bullshit my way into something and just seeing your face full of confusion. Of, Hang on a minute. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I think there's no way that cut. No, that's not. So it turns out he was actually in that. Scene. That's <laughs> where he came up with the, the, the Mickey the Mouse idea. Fucking hell. Oh my god! I wasn't expecting that. I'm black now. I'm still thinking if it were real or not. No, so that's not that's not included in this. Like that's not a theory. That's I mean it could be. Disney have denied anything to do with you know subliminal messaging or subliminally affecting people's mind states or how they behave in parks. But of course they have. Yeah. Because what? Even if they were doing it. Why would they then admit that they'd go, yeah, we are. Of course we're controlling your minds. I think that that's so obvious, though. Like, the whole design of the park has been made to look really appealing. The food stalls and stuff will have been placed in very particular areas where they know people have been walking for so long and they're getting hungry and 
obviously even the natural smells of food will have that effect but i could definitely believe that they're putting like scents out around the park mm-hmm. i don't even i don't think that's far from home at all of course it is any any place like that will have been maybe though disney were one of the first places to really take that stuff into account is why i'd take very from possibly that. yeah yeah they were one of the first like maybe they were like the pioneers of mm-hmm. using that technique and such because i think I feel like when you go to somewhere like Orton Towers, you do get that bullshit smells. Yeah, you and now do. that when you when you think about it, when you go to theme parks, you do think there is some areas where you go, this smells too much like food. When you go to the food area, it smells of food, and there's no fucking way. It's that <laughs> you know what them I mean? shitty hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, them rollover fucking hot dog, which is shite, by the way. It's like on the Smiler, though. I don't know if it's. I'm going to ignore the shite hot dog <laughs> comment. I was I was already on a different <laughs> yeah. vibe. It's like on the Smiler, though. I remember the first few times I went on that, there was a big rumor that the gas they sprayed out was some kind of laughing gas. Mm-hmm. And it actually said that at some point on the ride yeah. as well. I don't yeah, know it if does. it is. No, no, I, I would guess not. it's I not. Know, no. I imagine they're just spraying laughing gas yeah, at kids. Right, in it, that's what <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all the boys are there like, <laughs> on vents, getting it. fucked up on Smiler. Yeah. No, but of course that was just made to kind of create a false illusion, make people enjoy the ride more. And so kids would go, oh my God, we were on laughing gas on this ride. We were laughing. It's, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, we mentioned earlier how much Walt Disney was interested in like science and the future and stuff. So I would assume that he would put effort in to make sure that Disney was a park of the future, which he's done a great job of to say that he was the pioneer of it all. So things like layout and making sure people are happy throughout the whole experience at the park, 100% something he would have taken into account. The thing is, you just got a question if any of these people ever played like Planet Coaster or Theme Park or like any of those games where it's theme park management I because, haven't. well, all right, well, okay. Well, clearly not then. So, <laughs> so anyway, but my point is more so is that when you're playing those games, you have to design the park in a certain way to yeah. get your visitors to go here first and there's got to be toilets there and you've got to have snacks there and they're probably going to come off this ride and not be hungry because it's a spinny one so don't put food near there because no one's going to buy it and of course it's all thought out but what the fuck isn't roads are thought out when somebody you know when they build a set of houses they've got to think oh I can't put this here because that'll fuck up traffic so is it really manipulation or is it just a fucking business yeah exactly <laughs> literally exactly they're just like oh, we want to make money. Who yeah, thought? yeah. And one thing before we fully switch away from it in terms of manipulation and maybe some more of the stuff in terms of uh, placing things in TV shows or movies or whatever, I think at that time, especially, like, would anyone really have put that much energy in to try put out, like, a hidden agenda, like, constantly? And surely at this point, when Walt Disney's life has been investigated so much, if he really was trying to push a hidden agenda, it would have been admitted by now or find out, found out, surely. Or he would have had, like, some notes somewhere, yeah. or somebody somebody would have said something that knew him, or this, that, and the other, and it's, you know, and maybe there was, but it also it's how old he was and the times of when he was. I'm not saying that that makes it okay or excusable, but you know, it's likely that he was somewhat bigoted against mm. certain people. And I don't really think that comes as a massive surprise. But I think to say that he's trying to hide it in his media, and like, surely he would just be outright. Like, we just know that he was, you know, against certain people. Exactly. Or if he, if he was a dickhead, surely somebody would know that he was a dickhead. I don't and know. given everything yeah. we know about the parks and how much they're trying to make people happy... Even if he was a dickhead in secret, I don't think he would have put that messaging out even 
it secretly mm-hmm. in the films because mm-hmm. he just wants it, he wants everyone can, to be at the park. That's it, and you can argue that yeah, he's doing it for money, but he's also doing it. He's doing it for money, but he's in getting that money, he's providing some level of happiness for the kids and mm. the families that go there. So you kind of get into the argument of where where do you draw the line? Where it's like, yeah, it was technically you could call it evil that he was doing this for money, but what he was doing for the money was good. So where does that put his actions, you know, because it's it's a strange way. I kind of feel like Mr. Beast where people are saying you can't do this because, you know, it's it's, it's giving all this money to charity, but he's shoving a camera in their face. It's like, yeah, but nobody else is giving the money to charity. That's annoying that. To be fair, I'm the British Mr. Beast as well. You are the British Mr. Beast for some fucking reason. (laughs) That was the the weirdest comment ever. Well, it's either that or he was talking about me, so I don't fucking know who he's referring to. I think it more likely to be me. I think so, yeah, very possibly. (laughs) Have you got any more Disney conspiracies? So there's there's one more, and it's called Disneyfication. Oh, okay. So Disneyfication... Um, the theory suggests that Disney's influence on popular culture has led to the um, homogenization and commercialization of various cultural traditions and historical events. So in layman's terms, it's basically commercializing, you know, uh, things like Cinco de Mayo in mm-hmm. that, what was that movie called? The one with the skeletons, yeah. where they dance around. I haven't watched a Disney movie in many years now. <laughs> Any of the new one. En- Encanto, maybe? I think it was Encanto. Yeah, yeah, I think also, it might yeah, have been yeah. Um, So um, proponents of the theory argue that Disney's um, adaptations of cultural and historical stories often simplify and sanitize them, removing their complex or controversial elements in order to make them more marketable to a mass audience. So the theory claims that Disney's adaptations... Um, Reinforce mainstream stereotypes and perpetuates dominant narratives while ignoring or downplaying the perspective and experiences of certain marginalized groups. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of not doing justice for certain groups. Um, and some critics have argued that Disney's portrayal of indigenous people in films like Pocahontas and Peter Pan um, perpetuate harmful stereotypes and it kind of erases the histories and uh, perspectives of indigenous people because it, they're essentially saying this is what happened don't worry about what actually happened this is you know yeah. listen to us this is it, it was all kind of fun and games he was talking to raccoons it's fine don't worry about the bloodshed and all the murders and everything um, so they've also in this theory people criticise Disney for their portrayals of uh, like Females in Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, where it's you have to rely on a man to come and save you, and that prince is going to save you, and he's going to carry you to safety, and you're going to have all this, and you've got to wait around for him, and it's all about the prince figure, and people are saying that it kind of promotes uh, patriarchal and um, heteronormative views. That was just the times, though. Really. But that's that's how I think about it as well, and it's and it's also it's. It's a story about a princess and a prince, and the prince comes and saves the princess. And while she can say that is heteronormative, and it's what it's that and the other, it's not really that damaging for those. Yeah. I understand the Peter Pan and the Pocahontas kind of yeah, stuff, and I the Enchanto that. and stuff like that. And it's kind of they tried to trademark Day of the Dead, didn't they? Do you, they do do you know about that? Yeah. No, I don't. So they attempted to trademark the term Day of the Dead, so that they could have it for whichever movie oh, it was with the skeletons are. So they could, yeah, so they could make it on merchandise, so they could have it on the poster and stuff. And it was like, you can't trademark a cultural holiday that, like, millions of people, it's their tradition. You can't just take that and say, can we have that, please? Well, when you told that bit, I was thinking, 
Disney, the king of merch. Like, mm. for example, this boy right here. Yeah. You know that they made Grogu or the child just because it's the most marketable, cool little creature. Every kid's interested in it. Every mm-hmm. kid wants the Lego and the figures and can put it in films and games and TV shows for years and years. And doing things like that, especially around Day of the Dead and stuff like that, really... I, again, I just think that that's obvious. It's just a company doing that. It is. It is. Yeah. And I mean, and going to the Yoda thing, they've done it before. Jar Jar Binks, Ewoks. <laughs> they just do it all the time. It's just it's yeah. obvious when they're doing it because it's like, oh, that's a crazy cute thing. Clearly, but they shouldn't do it with like actual historical events that are very important and have. Whereas a lot this of is a fucking space people. battle about a green little Martian who needs to be saved by a man in a suit who shoots I do big love lasers. Grogu, yeah, of course. Yeah, but of course you do. And it's kind of like that. What's that Beepo? That little, the little guy from the most recent Star Wars movie that he's got the little mask and he was fixing. Like, yeah, 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 the little yeah. thing. He's another one. I can't remember his name though, but that's another little, where they just go, make him cute. And the little um, puffin creatures uh, where they pogs. replaced. Pog, yeah, pogs, I've got a, yeah. I've got a Pop Funko pog. Yeah. <laughs> because that was because they filmed on a, an island where there was loads of puffins. So they had to just CGI replace all the puffins with pogs. Ah. They had to make them. They, that's why there's so many of them just kicking cool. around. I didn't know Because they couldn't get rid of the puffins. So they just said, right, just replace. <laughs> just so CGI. That, the, that's genuine uh, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pogs are just puffins. I actually like that. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I didn't <laughs> know bit. that. I love the little so, pogs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's get let's let's finish off this yeah, little sorry, theory sorry. here. No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, so others argue that Disney, uh, the Disneyfication theory, is an oversimplification, and it ignores the ways in which Disney has actually introduced new audiences to cultural traditions and stories that they might have otherwise overlooked or forgotten or not really known about. So Disney's adaptations of stories like The Lion King and Mulan, for example, have introduced audiences to aspects of Africa and East Asian culture that they might not have encountered otherwise, which is very true when you think about it, because as a child, how many different media outlets and stuff were set in Africa or, you know, set in China or where whereabouts they are in, you know, in Asia or however. There wasn't too much stuff going on. There was the odd animation here and there, but to be a, as big as The Lion King, and that's set in Africa, and Mulan, that's set in Asia, and it's... So yeah. it, they have done some good in terms Definitely. of bringing exposure to certain marginalised groups or certain ways of life or traditions mm-hmm. and such. Um, but I think whether Disney's influence on uh, pop culture is actually positive or negative is kind of a matter that's up for debate. I don't think there is a a definite answer on it and I think it's a very kind of touchy territory to try and say definitively oh they've had a bad impact or they've had a good impact because you can argue both sides very easily like with the Pocahontas side is very negative but then Lion King side very positive yeah I think especially with those two examples it's kind of them just testing things out as well Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Lion King had a few different scenes in that were a little bit more stereotyping things or people uh, then it would probably be viewed very differently mm-hmm. and in the same uh, mind as Pocahontas but yeah. because it was actually really good and as you said showed a different part of the world it therefore doesn't have that effect on people yeah. but I think one thing I fail to remember sometimes especially now is how big of an impact Disney has like they are and literally uh, the biggest media outlet in the world out there. It's not even on impact. It's what what they fucking own now. Yeah. Like like regardless of like what they've done for themselves, because they obviously released all these insane movies, but now they own fucking Simpsons and all these different IPs, and they just have everything under their belt. 
who's going to stop him? That's what I mean. It's not even just like Simpsons and stuff as well. They own a lot of the American news outlets, don't they? They say Fox. It's Fox. And yeah, I which is one of the biggest the ones. ones but so they've kind of got their fingers in every pie. And I think when it comes to... I Marvel and Star Wars, obviously. Yeah, I don't want to get into too much of a debate about whether they're having a positive or negative impact. I think it's very easy to enjoy the content that they put out, or at least some of it. But I kind of don't like the fact of how much they own now. I feel like... I think you're especially seeing it in Marvel at the minute and you're seeing it in Star Wars a little bit, like the kiddification of it. Mm-hmm. We saw that. We went to see Ant-Man the other week and some of the jokes and stuff in there could have been a really good film, but some of the moments let it down, in my opinion. It fell, it fell pretty flat in terms of the... There was so many opportunities for good humour that they kind of had to sanitise and make it a bit more family-friendly. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you could have just pushed the ratings up a little bit, but obviously they want to not alienate their younger audience and it's kind of creating this barrier between the two where i personally think they should just have a higher rating on it because kids are going to watch it anyway yeah. it doesn't matter if and it's they're got, still going to enjoy it that's how i mean no they're going to enjoy it more like as a kid if something was a 15 plus and you were like 13 you were like yeah i want to watch that 15 plus of course i want to watch that 15 but plus. all that it's not even just ant-man i feel like every disney film i watch now is is like trying to be a comedy thor was the same and man, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the first to do that, so I'm not as upset can, about it. That can be and allowed. like a James Gunn film, which probably will have much better humour than Ant-Man did. So, mm. But that's another one that's coming soon that's going to be more of a joke. I feel like I don't want that in every film. As you said, Star Wars was kiddified with like the Pogs and... Jokes again. Yeah. Too much humour in it. Jokes. Too much humour. Too many jokes where it's like, did she really just say that? And it's like, this is like a fucking sitcom now. Why is it turned into this weird... It all feels samey though. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. want everything to feel samey. I it like feels, a bit of something new. It feels I, safe is the yeah, term yeah, I use for exactly it. Yeah, exactly that actually. Yeah. 100%. It feels like they're just... Kind of walking on eggshells. It, it kind of feels a lot like, I don't know how to best to explain it, other than it feels like these movies were made to go straight to TV. Mm. For some reason, it just feels like there's something missing when you watch them. It's kind of like, it starts, you you experience it as it's going on, it ends, and then you go, right, I don't want to think about that anymore. Whereas a good movie should make you leave and go, oh, I remember that bit where blah, 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 blah. Whereas the most recent Disney movies that I've seen, I've kind of come out of the cinema going, yeah, it was all right, that. I or... That was shite, which is mostly me going yeah. that I, was I agree. Most yeah. of the time it's that was shite now and it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. I think they're rushing the films out as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because they all seem like, in every single one, there's some really poor CGI. There's moments where you think, why the fuck is that even in there? So with the face in the and four movie. And that, there's like know. literally six, seven Marvel films a year now, probably more than that, plus another three or four series. Mm-hmm. There's no way that they're giving each of them the time and consideration that they deserve. And it's just a bit upsetting, to be honest. It's just getting, but like, it is actually boring me now. And it's like a trigger. As soon as I see a Marvel films at the cinema, I've got to go see it. But it's also now becoming there's that many. It's the only time I end up going to the fucking cinema in general mm-hmm. because there's that many that I'm like, well, I'm already going seven times to see all the Marvel films, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to go. I, do you know? I want to see the new Scream. Actually, I'm going to make sure I go see that. And uh, Cocaine Bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll probably wait till that's just on something. Yeah, I think I might wait till it's like on Amazon or something, Netflix maybe. Whereas I like a horror film in the cinema, it shits me up a bit. True, true. There was something I wanted to touch on actually that I've seen so much about this on Twitter in the last few days and it's just like constant back and forth. So apparently now the fight between Fury and Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight championship or lineal, as boxing fans will call it, uh, is set up. It's meant to be happening in Wembley in about six weeks. We've not had, like, official official confirmation. But throughout the whole 
process of them setting this fight up, which is the one that everyone's wanted for years. Fury said when he was coming back that he was only coming back to become the lineal world heavyweight champion again. So very obvious that he wanted that fight as well. Um, U6 team came out during the negotiations and were like, we're offering Fury 60% of the money and he's turning it down. He was saying it's not good enough for him. He wants more money, otherwise he's not doing the fight. And this is a man that has constantly said, not about the money, I'll fight mm. for free as long... He once said, I'll fight for free as long as the tickets are free for the fans. Mm-hmm. So what's he... So you so won't take 60%. So Fury came out on a video and said, nah, I'm worth more than that, I want 70%. So Usyk came out and went, all right, cool, 70%. And it was like, oh, shit, well, is it actually going to happen then? So then the next day, Fury posted a video saying, oh, yeah, I want you to remove that rematch clause as well. If you're confident you're going to win, you don't need a rematch. So it's like, all right, you set the goalpost once. Usyk literally came out and said, yeah, I'll do. You can have 70% of the money. Which and is then, a massive which cut, is, is it? Which is, is sick. Yeah. Admittedly, like, Fury's a bigger name and stuff, but when Usyk's got the belts and he needs them, mm-hmm. it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Usyk came out, yeah, you can have all the money, um, but I want you, to, I think he said to donate a million pounds to Ukraine, but he's going to make an extra, like, 20 mil, so it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, fine. Um, and then Fury was like, all right, well, you've got to get rid of the rematch clause as well. Like, what the fuck? Like, like just, just accept the fight, man. You, <laughs> yeah. you don't care about money. Mm-hmm. You don't care about anything other than getting those belts. Just accept the fight mm-hmm. and give the man his money as well. Like, if you really try to be this, like, man of the people, then let someone who is, like, currently going... His country's going through a war and he's donated most of his money to that. Just give him 40%. He was he was offering you more anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was offering more than he was going to take. So what's the problem with that initially? Oh, it's it's co- it, Fury... It's him. It's him dodging what it is yeah it and is. every time every time he tries to come up with another clause and they just come straight back with yeah that's fine he goes oh well it's another thing that might prolong this i feel like this is the general opinion and feeling online at the minute is everyone's bored of tyson fury mm-hmm. he did exactly the same throughout the whole negotiations with anthony joshua when they mm-hmm. were trying to set that fight up never happened and eddie hearn came out actually he was doing an interview with a, a big youtube boxing channel and he was saying oh you see how he's dealing with this you sick one this is why the Anthony Joshua fight didn't happen. Because Fury's always portrayed himself as this, like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'm just down to fight. But it really doesn't seem like that's the case at all. Mm-hmm. With it's all that antics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just hope his dad's in his corner for this one shouting away. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only enjoyable when he's there. It's oh, only yeah. enjoyable when he's there. Big John Fury just yeah. fucking just getting in the ring. Oh, I love him. Did you see that um, Floyd Mayweather had about 12 people at his fight the other week as well? Did you even know he had a fight? No. He had a fight in, in the UK. Did he? Against someone that used to be on Geordie Shaw. What the fuck? When did that happen? This, apparently they only sold like 30% of the oh London dear. Arena out. Oh, and God. it got like no pay-per-view buys. Oh, dear. Which yeah. is which is probably why I never fucking heard of it. Well, apparently Floyd was trying to back out of it in the last few days before the fight, but it was already too late. And he was like... It, was it? When was this? Then? Literally like a few weeks ago. Was this around the same time when he decided to jump fucking Jake Paul? <laughs> yeah, that was like a week or two after. So Is I it, reckon he's gone, oh shit, maybe I can't just do these shitty exhibitions against no one and mm-hmm. people will turn up. You can't just fight someone off fucking Geordie Shaw. No, you can't. Like, you can't. You can't. The thing is, I think the problem is, is Floyd's done this fight with, um, you know, one of the Paul brothers and thought, here we go. This is, this is, this is fantastic now. I'm getting all these views and stuff. People want to see me. It's like... They didn't want to watch you, bro. That wasn't why they were watching the... Yeah, don't get me wrong, Floyd, you are a big name to mm. pull, but only against a big name. Yeah, like big if name, he was big name. a boxer, yeah, then yeah. he'd, then it'd be a big name. But you can't just... He isn't a draw enough to sell out an entire arena if he's going to go against somebody that isn't 
a competition. Yeah. Like people that know that he's obviously get and people knew that he was gonna win the fight that he won anyway, but people still wanted to see it because of the person he was fighting. It wasn't Floyd that they were exactly going. Exactly that. It, it like in this just fight, Floyd, yeah. In this one I saw a clip of him. He was taking the piss that much. It was that much of a no competition. He was doing three sixties in the ring while they were still boxing. So what he was doing fucking three sixties. Why bro. are you like what what is he trying to prove at that point? I think he's just I actually think, think he's out of money. Maybe, yeah. There's a lot of rumours about his tax bills and stuff. Do you think that's the reason he jumped Jake Paul to kind of get some bit of relevancy and to kind of start a bit of bad blood yeah. so he can fight Jake now? I think so. But do you not think it's crazy that Floyd Mayweather, since retiring, has gone from fighting Logan Paul, huge name, obviously he's going to bring a lot of money, to then fighting Deji, Mm -hmm. like not as big a name, didn't bring as much money or pay-per-view buys, to then fighting someone off Geordie fucking Shaw. I'd never never pieced together the fact that he is clearly trying to redo what he did with Logan, Mm. which just isn't going to happen. And now it seems like he's going after Jake because he's thinking, this is the only option I've got. And he knows that Jake will probably bite. And if if he got the offer, Jake would go... Well, Jake kind of did bite after that video. No, I know. He tried to jump him. He was saying, I'll do it, but I'm not doing an exhibition Mm because I want to actually be able to try and knock you out. Because in exhibitions, I think you're technically not meant to knock the... You're supposed to just be for... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. That is more... Out of all the things I hear from boxing purists... Floyd Mayweather's making more of a mockery of boxing than the influencers are now. Like he actually he's, is. He's 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 kind of he he's kind of done in boxing what um I think he did in uh, MMA uh, UFC McGregor. Yeah, McGregor. Yeah, yeah. It feels like he's kind of going down that route of. The one thing it's I give not to quite, McGregor, it's not quite as bad. Oh no, you're going to give it to McGregor more so. Yeah, yeah, he's not really had any joke fights. No, he's fought Floyd Mayweather. No. I forgot about that one actually, but he's not. He didn't. Yeah, remember seeing he's that. not really had a fight with anyone that's like proper shit, and he knows he'll win. Like even in the UFCs, uh, one of his last fights that he won was against the guy you thought he'd beat him, but he he still had a decent record and was a legend in the company. Mm-hmm. He's not gone off and started fighting influencers or no, no, not that. He's not kind of tarnished his own name, yeah. but it kind of felt like. It kind of feels like with Floyd jumping Jake and doing stuff mm. like that, it feels like he's going down the same route that, you know... Of, of like publicity. Yeah, and yeah, kind of, yeah, and kind yeah. of starting shit for the sake of starting yeah. shit and trying to goad people into fights because you can't get anyone to agree to fight you because everyone's going, and why would I want to fight fucking Floyd Mayweather? And why would <laughs> why would Jake do it when Logan had to take Floyd to court to get the money? And I don't know if you've even got Right, it. and yeah, there's, I don't think there's ever been like a final outcome on that because no. the last that you hear from it was Logan saying, still not got my money, Floyd. So, so. if that happened to your brother, are you really going <laughs> to trust that you're going to get <laughs> yeah. the money? You want the best contract <laughs> yeah. in the world. I'd want paying up front. Yeah, yeah, innit? Yeah, I want yeah, it yeah. In cash I want, yeah before the fight and then I'll fight you. Yeah. yeah, man. I don't know how we ended up switching on to boxing anyway, but... I say we call it there for, yeah. for today's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I actually, episode. we've been in that deeper conversation. I have no idea how long it's been, and I, I'm looking. I'll find out in a second. But thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. See you later.